the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 20. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello. Hello, Tammy. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Do we always start like every podcast the same? I think we kind of do, huh? I get yeah, like, a I little routine. Are we kind of boring? I don't know. We gotta find some really fun way to start. I don't even know what. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> For now, hello. <laughs> I think it's probably how I open every conversation, though. So right. whatever. Very authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything going on that you want to share? Do you want to just jump into our? I don't. I'm good. No, I, I don't. <laughs> We're at the summer's, end of summer here. Summer's winding down. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about summer winding down on our next podcast. Yeah. So we'll save it. We'll save all of that, mm-hmm. all of the reflection for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we should so, talk about our guest. Yeah. Today we have Chris Aguirre. Yeah. And Chris and is the founder of Sense Right Now Network. The Sense Right Now Network, which includes a f- wonderful website uh, full of so much content. It's crazy how much content's on his on his site. Yeah, um, he has an excellent podcast with Jeff and Matt that he da- puts out every. Well, I think they recorded on Wednesdays, and it's published on Thursdays, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's called Sense uh, Right Now. Sense Right Now podcast. And they are three dudes in recovery and they are hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I keep coming back to that, but they are really funny. So if you, um, you know, a lot of recovery is so serious. It's so serious. And they talk about serious things, but they're just really, um, they're kind of irreverent and Mm -hmm. they're very funny. So if you want to listen to something that's, um, you know, maybe the lighter side of recovery, I would so recommend their podcast. Yeah. And they have great guests. They just had Noah Levine on there. mm -hmm. They have great guests. Yeah. From Refuge Recovery. And then just the three of them, the dynamic is really, it's awesome. And yeah, they're old friends. Yeah. They're old friends and it, it really comes off it. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get to know about them? So I can't remember where I discovered Chris's site and it could have been on Twitter, which is really funny because I don't tweet a lot now, but there was a time where I was on Twitter a a bit, I guess, more than I am now. There's a huge community, um, sober community on Twitter, by the way, uh, 
don't ask me how you find it. I think if you just <laughs> really just follow, <laughs> if you follow Chris, since right now, if you follow just a couple of people, it's, you can kind of follow the, follow the breadcrumbs really. Um, and just see who's tweeting at who. Uh, but there's a huge community on Twitter and, Perhaps that's where I found his site. Can't remember. But um, I had just started my site, as a matter of fact, or I was just about ready to launch it, or maybe I had put it up and I didn't know how to launch it, quote unquote. Um, But he, I had gone to his site and he had a call for submissions. And I thought, huh, call for submissions. I've never done that before, but maybe I could do that. And, um, so I reached out to him. So I had this piece that I had written for, for, um, a writing class and I, uh, reached out to him and asked, I pitched it or something. Maybe, maybe we had an email correspondence first, but, um, he was so like welcoming and he, you know, was like, sure. Yeah. Just, just send it over. And, you know, like I thought that, you know, that it would have, there would be the vetting, the vetting and, process. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had no idea. You're like, what do you Which mean? Sure, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of sites that probably do that, you know, that they do, you know, they, they, you know, they can decline your piece for sure. But he, you know, he's, he, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. He, he may decline some pieces, but I think he's pretty welcoming about what he t- takes and puts up on his site as long as it fits his content. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he was just like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, you know, got, you know, got right back to me. He was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. So it'll go up tonight. It'll go up in a couple of hours or something. It was something like that. So quick. Were you, you know, freaking and I out? Oh, completely freaking out. As a matter of fact, I remember it so well because I think it was a Friday and I was on my, uh, on my way to my Friday home group and like he published it right before noon and like my twit, my phone was blowing up. <laughs> It was really like Aww. it was really exciting because it was the first time, you know, any like I'd ever had that dopamine hit before. Yeah, it's and exciting. It was, it was really, really exciting. I don't, I don't think I've ever told that story, but um, <laughs> it was super exciting. And yeah, and so then we kind of, you know, and so I probably have like four or five pieces on there. I I can't really remember. It's been a while since I've published one on his site, but I have about four or five pieces on there. And I think if you go into the search bar and just put my name in there, they come up. Um, But yeah, so we kind of, that's how we sort of developed a relationship. And then he had me on his podcast. Um, I was the first interview of 2016. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous I was so nervous I was so nervous because it was my very first podcast interview and then I was like the first one of the year I was like great really I'm the first one um so yeah so but I just love Chris I love Matt and Jeff I love those guys and yeah we got to hang out with them in real life in Austin and uh last what was that November yeah I guess yeah so no, it's nice so to put faces with the voices, right? Uh, well, when I heard 
so your episode um, in January was the one that I heard. It wasn't the first one that I heard. I heard Laura McCowan on there when mm-hmm. I was following the home group. And then I knew that she had been on there. So that I was like, Oh, I'll go listen. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole of listening. I was drawn to hearing women in recovery stories. So, um, but before I heard yours, um, I reached, um, I reached out to him. Is that true? Let me think a little timeline. I think so. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but I reached out to him about doing, um, I pitched a column to him, which I had never done that before. And he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds interesting. And it was to do, to talk about my, the 12 steps that I was working. Um, and that I would write about each step in my perspective, because I had been searching for people who would be writing about that stuff. I realize now I feel differently about that. I don't think I would pitch that now as I've done. I'm just finishing the 12th step. But I still think it was it's um, it could be helpful to get someone maybe to, to to maybe go to a meeting or maybe see that it's not so scary or maybe even just attempt maybe the first step or something that it's not so mysterious. I was just going to say that there's a certain mystery around it. If you don't have a person in your real life that you can talk to, that's that's, you know, been through the you know, that that's part of the fellowship or the program Um uh, you know, if you, if you don't have anybody to kind of tell you what it's like, then yeah, there's a lot of mystery around it. I know there was for me and there's certainly not, at least a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot that you could find online. You could find a lot of bashing, I guess, but yeah, aside, you, it was hard to find, um, positive, you know, real life stories because of the, well, it's because of the traditions, I guess Mm -hmm. it's, you know, people, I think people that do have positive re- experiences, um, in AA don't talk about it be- because they're respecting their traditions. So, yeah. And I didn't fully understand that when I kind of pitched the idea to him. And so, yeah. <laughs> so when I pitched the idea, you know, I was a newbie and it was in July of 2016. So it was before I went on his show. Um, he asked me to be on his show or it worked out from that, from that idea, but just super generous, right. With his, Mm, with his, so generous. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I heard your story again, that's when I started really, um, connecting with you in our, I was in a, you know, the Facebook group that we're in together, that secret Facebook group for the home podcast. And it just was, um, I don't know. I find the work that he's done here. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he fully can understand how many people he's put together and how many people he's helped probably from just hearing his podcast and sharing it, him, Jeff and Matt. But I know that, that Chris, this was his, his little baby, you know, this was his creation and super creative guy. Um, so oh, to, yeah, yeah you, I mean, to find, to find any of that stuff, you could go on his website. It's beautiful. He's a graphic designer and it's just, I'm, I'm visually was drawn to his site too. And he's a big fan of hot pink, which I like. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, you could search for Sandra for her, um, for her call, for her essays and for, um, my crossing the room column is what he named it. And you can find him there. I think he has, um, up to step eight in there right now. And, um, there's, there's more coming cause I finished the, the 12, but, um, yeah. And then he was a really big help for us to do this podcast. Oh yeah. He really, uh, yeah. 
yeah, I don't know if we would have jumped in with as much confidence if we didn't have him yeah. sort of there on our side and helping yeah. us, yeah, answering questions for us and stuff. He is very generous. I don't think he fully, yeah, credits himself for, I mean, it's hard to pat yourself on the back, but Let's he's- do it for him. Yeah, he he really he really has done a lot for the online um, recovery community. He done so much for the online recovery community, um, just as creating an umbrella for uh, lots of contributors to come together. Yeah, because um, if you guys listen at the beginning of our podcast, we have that beautiful little British lady um, talking about the Sense Right Now network, and that is Chris's network. And that's the umbrella um, that our podcast is under. So you can find us on his website when you go to Sense right now. That's where our podcast is listed. I mean, we're obviously listed on iTunes and SoundCloud. And we do this on our own. However, we were, are under his umbrella and his, his help and his guidance for how to do a podcast helped us figure out you know, some of the nuts and bolts in the beginning. And he um, helped take my drawing and make it our logo, which I never mm-hmm. would have been able to figure out. Mm-hmm. No, or we'd still be figuring it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'd just be talking, just be talking about having a podcast. Oh, we should do that someday, Sandra. We do that. But yeah, there's so much. I mean, not just us, you know, yeah. there's so much good content on his site. So lot so many good writers and essayists. Yeah. There's fiction even. I mean, there's just a lot of there's there's a lot of great content. Yeah. So Chris you spend hours. Um, he shared. So um, since right now.com is the website since right now.network is the network that you'll find all of his, um, I don't know. What would you say? I, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, spon- the his- podcasts that he, thank you. Spon- sponsors <laughs> puts together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for helping yeah. me out there. That's why we have <laughs> co-host together. It's great. That's really great. All right. Have we gushed properly? I think we have. I can't say enough nice things about him. He's just one of the the nicest guys. And yeah, I think think our listeners will really enjoy hearing it. And this is going to be episode 20. And this is his 20th year of recovery. Um, And he shares that. He'll share a little bit more about that on the pod. So yeah, happy 20, Chris. Uh, Congrats to Chris. Enjoy the show. Hey, Chris. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your usual time to podcast, is it? Uh, no, uh, we recorded last night, Wednesday night at uh, 8 p.m. our time, central time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's typically when we do it. We've had a couple of guests uh, from the UK on that we've done at different times. But other than that, it's Wednesdays at 8. Is that because you feeling feeling fresh and coffeeed and all of that? Well, I'm I'm on my like second and a half cup of coffee, and I realize I can't complain about not being fully awake because um, Tammy, you're it's like seven for you, right? Right. Yeah, it is. I I have nothing to fall back on. (laughs) You can complain if you want. Okay. Yeah, I may. We're allowed. You're allowed. Oh, so I um, was. Last night when I was checking things out and and just finalizing everything, I realized, um, I know this won't air today, um, August 10th, but exactly one year ago today was the first time that I was on your show. 
That's oh, wild. wow. That's, That's cool. weird to me. <laughs> that is interesting. A year ago. Wow. Exactly today. Yeah, we did it at night. I remember how nervous I was. And right. and now look at us, you know? Now look at us. We're and pros. I know. I'm so happy for you two, too, with this. I mean, I don't know if you pay attention. You, I mean, hmm? but you're, <laughs> crush, you're crushing it with the show. What does that mean? Guys, it means out of the gate, you guys have crazy good numbers. Like we don't even know that. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything, Chris. So yeah, we tell us. No. To compare it to, so we don't really know. No, our show didn't have numbers like yours until like the, I don't know, well into the second year. Well, that's what? you had us on your show. I mean, so so let's can we just talk for just a few minutes yeah. about that? Like just the umbrella that we're under. We're underneath the Sense Right Now network that is your network, and that Which you've is kind networking. of networking. Yeah, I yeah. think it's all due to networking. But go ahead, Tammy. Yeah, and just that you've helped foster this. You know, had us on there. Sandra was on there in January of 2016, and that's when I started. Um, mildly stalking her is what I tell her was from because I heard her on your podcast and her That's story. Great. And then I was on and then you had us both on in November where I had my largest panic attack after that show or anxiety oh, no. attack. And <laughs> so I still think of you affectionately, but yes, you know, and we met in November at the, at the right. convention in Austin. And I don't know. So there's like this whole, you, you've created this umbrella that we're under and you helped us with the pod. And I just, I wanted to just say, you do that for a lot of people. I mean, not a lot, oh. but you do that for, for several people. Well, and uh, enough. And I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it means a lot because, you know, I, I don't know if maybe you'll never experience and I hope you don't. But, you know, I regularly go through a, a sort of crisis of faith in in terms of doing this. I'm like, what am I doing? Is this um, I, I don't know what basically what what am I doing? Is this and who am I doing it for? And then you have that that one person will mm-hmm. send us an email about, you know, you've been, you know, I, I don't go to AA or I do go to AA, but you've been there with for, since the beginning. I started listening to you before I got sober. I mean, all, and it's just like, well, that's, that's why. And it's almost like you, you can't stop when you get an email like that. Right. right. Um, and, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, wonderful to, to hear that. And, and I appreciate it. Thank you. So, yeah, I guess it is a type of philanthropy, for you but also you guys get something out of it because I mean clearly you and you guys have a lot of fun yes (laughs) I cry laughing uh, at least once every time I listen to since right now I I used to have a challenge with that too it's like is it too much inside stuff you know if it's if we're just cracking ourselves up and i realize that's that again is who we are and that's what what part of the show is is you know it's three guys in recovery that every single thing we say doesn't have to be um even necessarily about recovery it's like we're, we're in recovery and we're we're three friends hanging out and we've got different stories and and um yeah so I, you know i've made peace with that too but uh, you know yeah. it's it's good for all of us to get together once a week and hang out and um, yeah. Well, that's, you, you are, I know you don't, um, do AA necessarily, but I know you've attended a few meetings, but you, um, you're kind of doing the 12th step with all the work that you're doing. You know, you're well, helping all these other me. people. Yeah. That's what they tell you. <laughs> well, you're way ahead of your time. You're way ahead Everyone's of the curve. reminded you that you can go ahead and check that one off your list. 
but that's what it seems like, you know, that you're, you're helping others Mm -hmm. that have this problem. Well, yeah. And again, I, I mean, I appreciate that when I'm reminded of that, when somebody sends a, you know, a nice email that we're, we're helping them, I, you know, I, I, I very much appreciate it and it, and it helps inspire and encourage, um, me to keep doing this. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, um, I, I mean, I get it. It's like a service, but I, I feel like even now it's like, I feel like I owe so much to people in, you know, looking for recovery or in recovery or trying or trying to get sober just because I, you know, I've said this before on the show, I spent so long not doing anything for anybody in recovery. Um, you were just dry. You just were I was abstinent. Just, I was just a, a dry guy and, you know, I did things that I, mostly, er, you know, there was an early period when I, I was really working on me and, and, and trying to do recovery without understanding. I don't even know if I had the word, um, but, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, which again, spiritually for me might mean, I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I was just trying to work on me and be a better me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just lapsed. I had a huge just period of years where I lapsed, and I was doing all right. But um, I wouldn't necessarily say I was in recovery, at least not actively in recovery. Um, but yeah, I was just I was dry. I was sober, and uh, yeah. And then it all sort of caught up with me, and the rest is history. Can <laughs> Can you share your um, sobriety date with our listeners so they under have a frame of reference? Oh boy, let's see. It is. Um, or approximately. <laughs> I'm so terrible with dates. It is. I have it on my calendar, so I don't forget. It is September 1st. My birthday. Uh, and it'll be 20 years this September 1st. That's <sighs> crazy cool. That's awesome, 20, Chris. Years of sobriety. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of astounding to think that I'm like, I've spent much more of my life now as somebody sober than I did, um, you know, using and abusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine it working any other way. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and you, you know, one of the, Coming up on twenty, I don't know why. I think because there there are a couple people that that had more than that. But uh, I went well specifically like when Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm going to diverge. You know, he had twenty twenty two years, and mm-hmm. I remember when I had like ten. I thought, oh well, you know, when I had five, I think I'm like, okay, this is this is over, this is done, I got it. Um, and then something like, um, you know somebody with 22 years or, or people with more laps. Um, right. You and, see someone uh, laps in a really, really hard way, like no, no going back. Yeah. Final way. And, uh, you know, it's, um, even with all those 20 years, I, I, I don't live in like fear. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, Oh my God, I, I'm have, I, I don't know. I have to watch every single moment so that I don't, you know, lapse, but it, it, it definitely, helps you realize that uh it's serious business i guess right you know? there is um, some fragility to it right you exactly know, even though yeah you shouldn't walk around flinching at every you know every 
booze ad that pops up or or what have you but yeah there's definitely some fragility to it and you do have to nurture it yeah Um, yeah you don't have to be hyper vigilant like you said i mean sometimes maybe some people do but i imagine with 20 years you're like i got the tools i got this i've been doing my routines but sometimes you have to kind of tweak that right i mean right for me like anxiety is a big thing. And I think we share that. I've, I've been working on that a lot. Um, does that, do you notice any changes with you, um, for that with anxiety and, and those kind of, and being vigilant and helping with your recovery? Like, do you have to watch out for that? Not so much anxiety. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I'm not sure actually exactly what keeps me sober sometimes. <laughs> what I just I just know I, I you know I don't indulge, but uh, uh, sometimes I think it is um, I think it's 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 my anxiety helps keep me sober because I think I, my anxiety, you know, anxiety is all about projection of possible outcomes, right? And usually they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Doomsday. And, uh, and so I think you know, sometimes I get so anxious, like, oh, my God, if I did succumb and, and, and I, you know, that future would be so terrible and shameful and embarrassing and devastating that that's what keeps me from, from you know, indulging sometimes. So I think there, there's it's not exactly a positive aspect of anxiety, but um, well, it keeps you aware, a, though, right? It keeps me aware. Yeah, yeah, you're really in tune with yourself when you're having that when that's yeah. going on. Someone just said the other day in the rooms, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, um, anxiety happens, um, when I'm trying to be my own higher power. Interesting. And I wrote that down. And I was like, I need to think about that a little bit. I and, um, I'm not sure how much I believe that or not, but, um, probably cause I'm being my own higher power. I don't know, <laughs> right. but it was like food for thought that, that it's like an indicator. Anxiety is an indicator of something. Something is happening that I need to pay attention to. I just had three years this summer, so I only have three years. But what I don't, not necessarily walk around with fear, but what I notice about myself is that um, I don't think that, uh, you know, if I drank, it would be this like catastrophic, mm-hmm. like culmination of events where I just dramatically pull into a bar, you know, and crash through the door but it would almost be like uh, almost like an accident you know Mm. like because muscle memory it's crazy how it um just still hangs on to those old patterns for instance i was um you know i worked in restaurants for Mm. a long time and that fueled my drinking like big time and um i was just in a restaurant a couple of days ago photographing food i was there for a job but just that being in that environment mm-hmm. not sitting down and eating because that would have ta- I would have taken on a different role at that point as a customer but just being in that environment like watching the hustle and the and the adrenaline and stress around mm-hmm. me I thought for a second god it would it would been I, I like I wouldn't have even thought about it if I wasn't thinking about it at that moment, like how hmm. easy it would have been just to pick up a cocktail and chug it just because just, that stress in me was triggered yeah. and it was just a weird, you know, it was a weird feeling like it, it wouldn't have been, you know, like I just think if for me, it wouldn't 
probably wouldn't be intentional. It would just be something that, like, uh, you know, a fuck it moment or mm-hmm. so, Sorry, um, Tammy. I said That's all right. What? <laughs> are you guys, are you guys uh, PG? You don't have to apologize to me. I'm like the queen of the F word. We just, uh, we try to clean it up in case our kids are listening, you know, that's all. But no, we're, you're allowed to say whatever you want to say, Sandra. <laughs> but anyway. We had to readjust on the fly, not this episode, but the episode before. I uh, listened to that. That was so with adorable. Some, with your daughter. Came in. Yeah. Oh, so cute. I listened to that one too. So adorable. And I anyway, like, yeah, that's what, that, was, <laughs> that was just my thoughts about, yeah. about that. Like it, it wouldn't be like this really dramatic thing. It would just, right. you know, like those are the moments that I have to be more vigilant about yeah. just these, just, you know, like, Oh, uh, it's just right here at my fingertips. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it, it's interesting. I mean, for me at the end, it was all about just, guzzling you know gallons of alcohol by myself at home mm-hmm. and uh and that's really i think uh you know I'm, I'm by myself at home a lot with you know alcohol in the house my wife's a normie and um and i don't uh you know that doesn't i don't i don't know why uh, i i don't know if I'm being honest, I don't know what sort of is at work in me not even thinking about it. I don't think I, you know, aggressively have to. I don't think I have to, you know, vigilantly have to think, don't walk over to whatever the mm-hmm. liquor cabinet. Um, I just think it's become a, a part of, you know, a natural part of life. And, you know, I remember um, quitting smoking was really hard. And I, I quit, I think... I think my wife was actually like a month or two pregnant when I finally quit. No, yeah, no, she wasn't even 13 weeks because so, we hadn't told anybody. Anyway, and I, I that's what it took for me to quit. And um, I read uh, Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Quit mm-hmm. Smoking. And and one of his, one of the things he, he, he says in the book is basically if you have to quit through willpower, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um Basically, you have to realize, you, just, you know, all the things it's not good for you. You don't want to do You just have to not want it. And I think, you know, that's where I am at this point, despite my statement earlier that, I, that sometimes it scares me that I, I, I can't let my vigilance drop in a sense. But, you know, I just don't want it, um, which is kind of a relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's you know, probably think, a testament to 20 yeah. years, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point, I hope so. yeah. yeah, it's just you have taken on a whole different lifestyle. What's interesting is like early on, or relatively early at this point, um, uh, maybe about three, four, five years in, um, I had a group of friends of which Jeff was one. Um, another is a normie friend who can take it or leave it. Um, who lives in Texas now. And then, uh, this other friend who I've sort of lost touch with, but he was, he was a very heavy drink. Um, like very heavy. And, uh, and we would all, we'd go out and we'd go to bars and, you know, it'd be Jeff and I drinking NAs and my normie friends sort of, sometimes he'd drink NAs with us and, 
our heavy drinking friend like just sort of bummed out that nobody was drinking with him. <laughs> and uh, but you know we'd go out and it'd be okay. I think I felt, in a sense, you know, my anxiety was helped. I felt safe that I had three buddies with me, you know. But you know, at this point, like that sort of that situation, I just I hate. I get fight or flight anxiety mm-hmm. um, if I have to go to something where everybody's drinking. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so unenjoyable. I realize like my tolerance for drunk people has, has decreased over the years. Um, you know, I thought I'd get better at it, but I don't. Jeff, on the other hand, can hang out with drunk people all day long, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's an extrovert and, uh, you know, he's. Yeah, I have, I have little tolerance as well. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because I was the most annoying, I'm sure drunk person who looped and repeated herself and, you know, thought everybody should start having a dance party at midnight and yeah. like, just, I'm sure I was so annoying. And now I can't, I, I can see it happening. And, and when I see it happening with the eyes changing, the person's mm-hmm. like, you can just watch it happen now. And it's a really kind of surreal experience to see someone walk in a room and be one way. And then four hours later they're transformed mm-hmm. and it makes me a little sad too. So I, to stay out of judgment, I really try to remove myself from those situations, but it's hard. It's a challenge. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I remember early on and also, you know, not a lot of people that are not so much now, but when early on in my spread, I knew a bunch of people that smoked a lot of pot. Um, and I remember that and drinking when I was with those people, even, you know, friends and, and family, um, yeah, it would it would just make me really bummed out because at a certain point they went someplace in your presence mm-hmm. that you didn't get to go. And mm-hmm. not get to, but you're not there. They're somewhere else right in front mm-hmm. of you. And it was just, I just remember it being just like a really sort of, I mean, I don't get lonely, but that was lonely because these people right in front of you are somewhere yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So. <clears throat> well, it, and it doesn't make sense for a minute. Like it takes me back to a time mm-hmm. when I think, oh, how confused my husband must have been with me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like how confusing because I'm, I get that sensation now. And I was like, I was just talking to you. We just said that. And then it doesn't dawn on me for a few minutes, you know, then I'm like, oh, okay. They've had three. Cause I'm counting. Cause mm-hmm. I still count. And I'm like, oh, okay, they've had that. That totally explains it. Never mind. We'll have this talk another day. Or I'll yeah. shelve it or something, um, but that's yeah. It's it's um, it's just something we're we're aware now. We're kind of aware of everything now. I'm hyper aware of everything now. In my case, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Chris, because I was reading up a little bit. Um, I was doing a little research on you, and mm-hmm. I guess I didn't fully know this. And I wanted to just since you just mentioned your daughter. Um, um, around the time of the birth of your daughter, it sounded like that was the impetus for the work that you're doing with the Sense Right Now Network and the brands that you've created off yeah. of that. Is that could you share a little bit about that or the impetus for that? Um, for the work you're doing? Well, it, I don't know. I think when my daughter was born, I know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say it was an early, early seed it planted the seed um just my concern that you know as as maybe we all are about our children that um you know they inherit some aspect of this um and you just hope they don't get it all um you know know, and uh i just remember you know it it concerned me and will continue to concern me and i think i've i've 
over the past f- four years now made better peace with you you'll I'll do what I can and and you know sort of fate will will take it where it does but um I I don't know that it really triggered you know really or was there was the the hard catalyst for this I mean when she was born I I started actually before she was born I, I was briefly a, a daddy blogger of some small note um hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that either. Uh, um, and uh, and then that just sort of, I don't know, trailed off at some point. Um, I, and uh, but you know the the real the real catalyst for this was, and I, you know I've said this before on the show, I think, but. Um, I had like, man, all of a sudden I had like this handful of friends and family going through challenges. Um, you know, Matt being one of them. And Matt's your uh, co-host for people that Matt's are listening. Matt, Matt and Jeff yeah. are both co-hosts. Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt now um, being the, the second co-host or the third. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but um, <laughs> And uh, and a friend from years ago who I, you know, party friend came back sort of into my life a little bit and was saying, you know, she was having these troubles with just about, you know, everything that has an A after it. She was, you know, like, I, I need that. Um, and uh, and just looking for help and, and to talk about it. And then um, two family members hmm. were going through similar struggles and I just remember feeling so helpless a little bit guilty and just uh, ill-prepared despite at the time and this was all happening right about well right about four or five years ago and uh, you know so what did I have I had like 15 years and I realized that there was a lot I didn't know and I realized I hadn't been doing anything to help anybody. And oh, okay. That's what I was going to ask. So you'd never kind of set yourself up as, hey, I am, you know, I'm a sober person. I'm a person in recovery and I'm available. You no, know, I'll take your call I mean, if you. I think my sense was that a lot of people didn't, you know, that they, I, I am in, you know, that I was sober. And if somebody wanted to talk to me, they'd call me, which sort of kind of happened with you know a couple of those people in that hand, small handful um but i realized when they they did call i didn't exactly know what to do or, mm-hmm. or tell them and I, I don't know that i necessarily still do um, but i have a better understanding of of how you know what what people looking for sobriety or looking for support and recovery you know need to hear and what's What's of value, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you know, I'm getting there after now these four years. Because I just I had no experience other than my friendship with Jeff, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. he never was proselytizing. He never tried to, you know, despite some people, you know, wanting to always say, you know, anything with an A after it is a cult. And, um, you know, Jeff... I, I, I gone. I, I told him later, like I'm kind of insulted. You never tried to get me to go to AA. <laughs> and, 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 and attraction, and, 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 not promotion, Chris. <laughs> exactly. 
and I remember sort of getting in a little argument, not a little, but it's never little, is it? Um, <laughs> like, I think on the fix was somebody saying, you know, yeah, right. He's not trying. I'm like, unless he's playing a really long game, you know, it's, just not, <laughs> right. it's not going to happen. It's been 10 years. He's not going to indoctrinate me into the cult. Um, so. But you probably well, saw how he operated, right? Yeah, I was going to say, what's so cool about Jeff is that he really does uh, practice that attraction, right. not promotion thing, because he does make it look good. He is, you know. Loves it. Yeah, he I loves it. He, he, en- he enjoys his meetings. He, you know, he and his guys are not a glum lot, as no. the, <laughs> the big book says. And um, he, he does make it look good. Well, and what's interesting, what was kind of what, what re, the real, real push for me was when Matt, who we had all worked together and we'd, you know, Jeff had known Matt longer. And then I'd become friends with Matt through working with him with Jeff. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt, as is well documented, so it's not telling secrets, um, you know, just had what Jeff calls, Jeff calls it. He blew up his life and he did, you know, he just sort of everything exploded and he basically lost everything and started over, which is just amazing that he's where he is now three, you know, almost three years later. Um, and, uh, I was just so, you know, almost distraught that of what, uh, what was going on with him. And I just remember talking to Jeff and, uh, and Jeff was just sort of like, you know, yeah, you know, it's going to run its court. It's, this is, it's going to, you know, he's had so much experience with it through AA and having all his, his sponsees and seeing some fall and some get back up and some, you know, succeed out of the gate kind of thing. He was just like, yeah, it's, uh, it's what's going to happen is going to happen, you know? And, uh, Jeff, Jeff, you know, to his credit, he, he did a lot, you know, to, to try to make it work. You know, he'd go over there and, and I think he called the cops on Matt one time and showed up with the cops. And, you know, Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff did a lot um, for Matt. And, you know, Matt will admit that and has. And uh, but I just remember that was a real wake up call. Like, uh, I don't know how to do any of this. You know, I don't right. know how to, I don't even know how to write how to weather it, you know, as mm-hmm. a per- it's not about me, but I didn't know how to that it wasn't about me in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes it is life or death and, yeah. you know, and so it's oftentimes it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard as I, yeah, I, I can see how that would have been. And especially because you love the guy and, you yeah. know, close to him. Well, and then at about the same time, I just, I really handled a family member, like really in retrospect, poorly. And my family in regard to that family member, I handled it poorly. Um, just feeling like it was about me and I had to be right. And here's, you know, they had to immediately do X, Y, and Z. You know, in retrospect, I realized I didn't exactly know what I was talking about. I just wanted them to do what I did, uh, not what might be follow the path that was right for them. So There's that um, another little AA thing that I heard was that, you know, I can't get you drunk and I Mm -hmm. can't get you sober. Yeah. And I try to remember that when I'm sp- I'm sponsoring now, and I try to remember that like I can only share my story, right? And that's kind of that's a that's a practice, right? Mm-hmm. To not tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no. My, I mean, my family member. I tried to. Is you know, I was very strong arm 
you know, attitude. I was, it was from afar. So, you know, it was nothing, uh, you know, I was doing other than just an attitude that was very strong arm, like, you know, God damn it. Here's what you do. And to my family, God damn it. Here's what you need to do. And, um, pardon my blasphemy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And that just it did not work. Um, the way I anticipated. Well, I, yeah, I think that that's just, that's definitely one of those tenets of 12 step that works is to share your own experience, strength and hope, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, ultimately that's the, that's the best thing you can do. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm finding that out slowly, but surely well, I've got, <laughs> and that's how you do it, right? That's how we, yeah. we figure it out. If you do it, yeah. you know, you take the wrong path or you say the wrong thing, like you figure it out for the next time. I mean, that's all, that's all that we end up doing in recovery. Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, it's just, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's, there's a little bit of, not exactly shame, but maybe like a little bit of embarrassment or that, you know, it's taken me so long of being sober to figure some of this stuff out. Um, That's your path. Yeah. Right. No, I, I mean, yeah. that, that, yeah, I get it. Um, well, I think, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, 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 not at all. No, I'm just saying sometimes those things like... I think that too, it's like, Oh, I've been sitting in this room with all these people at these meetings. And I just now figured out that no one walks through the center of the circle. Cause it's rude. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. fit from watching people. No one's ever told me that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I observe or, um, you know, you try not to come late because it's kind of, you're interrupting people's story or I just mm -hmm. pick up things. No one said that there's no rules, but you just by osmosis, start figuring these things out, little nuances that if I had known that at the beginning, you know, or you try to stay on topic for the meeting. Well, when I was new, I just bleh, blurted it all out, Right. but they were allowed space for that. Yeah. Well, I still it blurt it all out. <laughs> I have trouble staying on topic. But when you said, uh, like, when, when you said to arrive late for a meeting, it made me think. I don't know if you listened to it. We went to a um, refuge recovery meeting, and the worst kind of arrive late, we arrived late into the middle of a 20 minute meditation or something. Nice. <laughs> walking into all these poor people meditating. And made an entrance. Bumbling up. Da, 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 da. <laughs> here for the first time you're right a threesome which you know nobody knows what to make of that you, you know, <laughs> show up as a, a group to a meeting but uh. um, well i wanted to circle back a little bit if it's okay not circle back but just so this our show the um the kind of the idea of our show is I think similar to, to, um, the things that you were doing, like interviewing creatives, trying to figure out like the connection and, and that, you know, creativity definitely fueled my sobriety. I know Sandra is a creative. That's what drew, drew me to her interview on your show. But I wanted to know, like, do you think that creativity or your creative outlets have helped you recover even before you started your, um, podcast and the website? Um, like, were you a creative kid? You know, where did that all start? Yeah. Cause you're well, very creative. It's definitely a creative kid. You know, my mom is a, um, you know, I guess in sports you'd call it, you know, the, the, an amateur writer, but that's, you know, amateur in the true sense. She, she writes because she very, she very much loves it. Um, and, uh, always has. And, you know, like once a year she does this, 
writer's workshop thing that she sort of sponsors and, you know, they have a, some, somebody come, come work with them and, uh, her and, and a group of, um, women that she met just through, a, anyway, a different writing workshop. So my, my mom's always loved writing and sort of help instill that in me, you know, love of language, love of, um, writing. And then my dad's always been, uh, sort of an amateur artist, you know, and again, in the very pure sense of the word that he just, very, he loves art, um, visual art and, and, and writing. But, um, and so, you know, those two things from a very young age were part of growing up. Um, and, you know, I'd say before I left high school, you know, I, I was under the, the notion that I, graphic artist is what I want it to be, you know, sort of, in a sense, combine both those things. And um, so, yeah, I mean, from very early on, I was, I was, that's, that's the path I wanted. And, you know, the, the sort of tragic part of that is, you know, it coincided with when I was able to go get some training was exactly when my addictions began to take hold. And, uh, so I sort of frittered those opportunities. Um, you know, I, I attended like five institutes of higher learning, um, some of note and, uh, and, um, you know, I probably have barely enough credits for a year. Um, but here I am, you know, decades later, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I'm, a, I don't think I'm going to finish a degree. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, in creativity, the way it, it has helped, um, you know, it's been very much part of my life throughout, throughout using and, and not, you know, I, I, I hesitate to say sometimes that my, my most creative years were used because that's sort of a cliche. Um, and you know, it certainly hasn't stopped me since. And, but you know, I just, there are things I did when I was using that I look back and I'm like, I, I it's, you know, those, that was, that was great. You know, it's great work. Um, but yeah, since I think the way it helps is like anything we enjoy, it releases dopamine, quite frankly. I mean, I hate right. to like, reduce it mm -hmm. to a chemical reaction, but everything everything we think, say, or do is based on a chemical reaction in our in our noggins. Um, and uh, and I just genuinely get legitimate pleasure from creating, you know. Um, and uh, and and so in that way, it helps. I mean, I I, I can sit and design and create you know at this point it's on the computer which you know some people think that's a shame i you know i don't necessarily feel that way i i love it um you know i've i've painted i've i've drawn i've written i've um you know let much less successfully like you know sculpted in various medium media um but yeah i mean i, I can design things on the computers for, uh, you know, hours and derive great pleasure from it. And, and some, you know, some of, I feel like the best stuff I've ever done never sees the light of day. Um, but, uh, 
it's it's the pleasure I get from it that matters the most to me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it does help. It helps immensely. Um, it's been a, a significant part of it. And sometimes when it stalls, when that that creativity stalls, you know, I I, I know that it 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 has the opposite effect. You know, I I get a little funky, you know, in in mm-hmm. a funk. Um, I'd say to some degree, I'm a little bit of that's going on right now um, because, you know, I've poured all my creative efforts into, uh, you know, clean and sober since right now, the site, the podcast. Um, and, uh, and right now the site in particular, I don't know what to do with it. And so I've just, it's a terrible habit. I just, I sort of, in a sense, shut the door and like I stepped away and I mm. don't want to open the door and look at it because I don't know what to do with it. It's it's mm. become unwieldy mm-hmm. and that's kind of frustrating me and bumming me out because for a long time it was a real um, source of, of pleasure sort of designing and redesigning. It was never static and I think it's sort of gotten to a place where I feel like I have to tear it down and rebuild it. Oh, uh, yeah. And... Uh, and I think I'm scared to do that. Yeah, so, that's a lot of work. Um, Are you affected by overwhelm? Like, yo, oh my God, yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah, I get overwhelmed so easily. I feel like mm-hmm. I can do one thing well at a time, like, and that right. means everything. That means, you know, life and art and you know whatever. Um, and so I'm, I'm really trying to, I'm trying to work on that, like from a. You know, like a, a not a work life balance, but a life life balance. I'm trying to, you know, I'm I'm a stay at home dad, and so I, you know, I, I do the cleaning, I do the laundry, and I, you know, do the errands, and um, sometimes that overwhelms me, and then I have a tremendous sense of guilt that I'm not holding my end of the bargain, and the house, you know, whatever hasn't been vacuumed in two weeks instead of one kind of thing, and um, so all that plays on me. I'm I'm very um, a low, low overwhelm threshold, I think. I know so, all of this very yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of our, I think a lot of our listeners do too. Yeah. 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 Especially too in the summer, right? Because has your girl been home all of, most of the summer? Off and on. Yeah. And I mean, she's had some camps and then she's been home and you know, that's all another thing. Then you feel guilt about, you know, finding enough for her to do and entertaining her. And then mm-hmm. you get relieved. I get, re- I get relieved when I see the article that says, don't overplan your kids' summer. Let them be right. bored. I'm like, awesome. I can do that. Can you chat a little bit what you shared about on your um, podcast where you had your daughter as your guest about your new creative venture with her? Well. Or is that in just a in way, the, the little? No, well, you go ahead. be another sense of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I thought... Um, there's a she loves Minecraft and there's this new book out by I don't know if you ever read or heard about World War Z. Um, Max Brooks, Mel Brooks's son, wrote this great book World War Z about zombies. I love zombies. Um, and then he has just written the first official Minecraft book called Minecraft: The Island. And I thought, oh, here's an author I read. She loves Minecraft. And uh, I, I said, hey, there's this new book out by a guy Daddy's read, and Let's read it. We'll read it together, and then we can talk about it. <clears throat> and so, two things happen. One, 
she got the book and she read it basically in a day. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's like, I thought we were going to read it together. Anyway, so now we've sort of started over, but uh, which is fine with her. She'll read it, you know, however many times it takes. Um, but then she got excited and, and she, she she's wants to start a, a podcast and she wants to find other people to read it. And um, Jeff, very sweetly, you know, he and his boys, I guess, are going to read it. Aww. And and she wants to talk about it, but you know she's gone. She she has the plans for the podcast, but she's gone. But you blazing. have to do it, yeah, yeah. But, but I have to do it, and she's oh, gone blazing past the book, and she's, and so I, you know, I try to encourage it. And while she's waiting, she started this thing. She's doing a vodcast that she recorded on her little toy video camera, and uh, <laughs> she's already got like five episodes of that where she's already talking like she has the audience by episode five. <laughs> she's going like. So I know you haven't gotten a chance to watch the first episodes, but hey, people. And, you know, she's like, she's like uh-huh. you know how to podcast. Like, she doesn't even watch YouTube videos yet. Like That's every other funny. Yet I know. It's um, in her. It's just in her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's already, like, hosting it to a, an audience. And anyway, so it sort of has gone blazing past already, um, the podcast. And we'll see. I mean, I would love to do uh, something with her. And I know she'd, she'd thoroughly enjoy it. But... Um, you know, one summer's going on and we have family in and she's got a cousin. She's actually over at her grandpa's with her cousin for the past two days. She like came home to get clothes and like, okay, see ya. <laughs> grandpa, grandpa said, um, now I'm veering way off course, but grandpa said to her last night, he, he told me, he goes, why don't, uh, why don't you just move over here with me? And she thought for a minute, she goes, well, I'd miss Janice, which is one of our dogs. <laughs> Of all, of all the, the, the only mm. drawback was she would miss one of our four dogs, not mom or dad. Right. Uh, That's a well-adjusted child you have. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's your good work right there, even though you go, oh, that hurts. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think that, that yeah, my, my wife certainly feels that right in the, right in the feels. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that about her that she can... She can pack up and go right now. <laughs> well, so anyway, yeah, how old that, is she? That, she's uh, seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's such so, a magic age, um, right, Sandra? Like your daughter's eight. Yeah, Chloe's eight. She'll, yeah, yeah, she'll be nine in November. But um, yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that same thing. She's away for her first sleepaway camp, and um, there's opportunities to email each other and we've, and they check at 11 apparently and uh in the morning and uh her dad and i have sent her so many emails today <laughs> and she's not sent us one not a single one back yeah. like okay well i think so i think she's having fun i guess yeah my <laughs> son we thought we'd she just completely fall apart and while we don't want her to fall apart you know right. she could miss us a little bit but. yeah <laughs> my son went to a fine arts camp earlier this summer um, up in alaska for two weeks wow. and flew on his own and did the airports on his own and the whole thing and he just got a cell phone for eighth grade graduation so that wow. we could keep in touch with him yeah. and uh, and that he's 14 and he's going into high school and he needed one but um he would send us really funny texts like um mm. He would send texts early in the morning saying like, I've already had so much fun today. And it's like seven 30 in the morning. 
or we're all going like cryptic, you know, just like, um, uh, went to a dance. Everybody smells. Good night. I'm like, or our dorm smells. I'm like, Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Gross. (laughs) But it was fun getting texts from him since we don't text with him and he's very funny and witty. And so it was kind of interesting to have a different relationship with him. But I was thinking like my, for, for me with creativity, I was thinking about your daughter and you, I'm thinking about Sandra and her children. Like my son really kind of doing all the things I did with him when he was younger and, and I owned a wine bar and I was drinking mm-hmm. a lot. We did a ton of art. We did a ton of reading. Yeah. We, um, it like reminded me of all the things that I used to love that I let go mm-hmm. And so that really, when he would sit down with me at the table and we would draw every morning, he would be like, good job, mom. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, art, art doesn't have to be perfect. Like all Mm -hmm. the things I would tell him, he would say to me. Mm -hmm. And then I would sit there and go, that is true. I should believe that, you know, because Mm -hmm. the adult in me and all the, the inner critic and the, the, the self-hatred I was having at the end of my Mm -hmm. drinking, like that was like this little bit of sunshine was like. Oh, I can get back to what I used to really like the real me that kind of, Mm -hmm. I've been kind of covering up all these years and children really help us do that. I think in a way that is just so pure and I I love those mornings. Yeah, no, I mean, she, you know, uh, when, when I think about, and uh, Tammy, you had introduced me to the notion, which I talk about a lot that, you know, I'm still not. Well, the, the love could be a higher power because it's literally a power and mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, bigger than all of us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, if anything, you know, my daughter, my wife, um, you know, provide that, uh, you know, if for no other reason, I, I sort of continue doing what I'm doing for them. Um and, you know, to a large degree, you know, as you all know, with kids, you know, for, for our kids, is reason enough to do just about anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, she, uh, she's definitely an inspiration. Mm, I like that. I yeah. like that. Since you're the stay-at-home parent, do you ever uh, feel that, that, sort of uh, do you ever get like work guilt when you're Mm -hmm. working on something and you Mm kind of put her in front of whatever you put her in front of Um, or do you ever feel like you know you're entitled to your work time too and Uh, get a little pity party about that you know with regards to with Sabine you mean like Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you know it's interesting I she, she, well, you know, when she's at school, I, I would, I try to, you know, get it done in those hours with what right. I was going to do. And, you know, this summer, um, I've been trying to, well, one, one, I've gotten some actual work work. Um, you know, I, I thought I would never really apply. I, I've said before that I would never really apply the, the, the marketing, advertising, graphic design, all those skills anything i wanted to just apply it to recovery brands and products and stuff and and it's worked out that way i've um mm-hmm. i've done you do work, it very well yeah well, I've, I've done work for well yeah for a lot of people that you know you know and logos and <clears throat> some sort of uh uh you know 
to each according to their need from each according to their ability kind of, you know, scale. Um, but uh, I've also gotten work. Um, you know, I've done work for like, I think that's fine to say, like Ryan Hampton uh, now of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah, Ryan. for sure. Okay. Yeah, I've done, um, and I've done work for Dan Maurer um, and mm-hmm. uh, work for uh, Laura. Um, McCowan? No, 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 Laura. Silverman. Uh, Silverman. Mm-hmm. Works at a, a, a sort of a, a recovery academy um, in the DC area, and I've done work for them. So that's been very rewarding to. That's a great have, niche, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to have um, these people, you know, recognize and value, and then and hire me. It's been right. um, so. Anyway, I, I've had I've actually had work to do, and uh, which has been great. It's been nice. Um, just. Because yeah, it's 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 where I want to be applying my my skills and talents, and um, it's worked out that way. So anyway, th- that's this is a long way of saying the summer when Sabine's been off, and I've been trying to feel okay letting her be bored or letting her play a excuse me shitload of Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, but uh, you know, the other day she said something. Oh no, she was filming her. She was filming uh, one of her vodcasts, and she walks in. And she goes, you know, she says, "Daddy, can I can I come introduce you?" And, and I'm sure she walks in. She goes, "Yeah, it's my dad. He's always working." And, I, <laughs> and you know, that stings a little uh-huh. bit, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, oh, and I, I know. You know. I know. And on her sting. vodcast, I said, "I said first of all, and I forget there were two things. I said, I am whatever. She said something that was true and something that. And I said, I am this. I said, but I'm not always working." And, and I know that because I know I do things with, it, you know, mm-hmm. but when you hear it, it's like, yeah. is, that oh, yeah. perce- is that the perception? And if so, is that okay? Um, you know, so I don't know that I figured that out. Part of me thinks that that's okay um, because I'm not always working, but um, I don't know. <laughs> so oh, I, I, don't know. Know, I don't know that I figured it out, but you know, that I think you were asking me about guilt, about putting work and in, in, in front of her you know and sometimes quite frankly it's you know I, I can't do something because I've got to do laundry and I've got a vacuum and I've got to mm-hmm. you know cook dinner and and that's definitely okay <laughs> you know that's right. um, you know she has a completely and I, I don't know if we're veering off subject or not but she has a completely different um, perspective on traditional you know, gender dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sometimes it, sometimes it stings a little, she, she'll say things like basically mommy's the boss because she makes all the money, <laughs> you know, and oh. I'm like, I'm okay with that though. That's you good. That it's is... better than the inverse. It, basically she's, she's sure mom's the boss of the house. She's, mm-hmm. she's convinced of, <laughs> and I'm okay with that because quite frankly, she is the boss of the house. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, you're flipping you know, everything. You're flipping the I, script on everything you know, for her. I, I'm fine with. I'm totally. I don't have any choice. First of all, and second of all, it's not for me to be fine or not fine with. I think it's terrific. Um, you know. So anyway, that's a that's a different podcast, I guess. <laughs> it's gender dynamics with 
No, but we want to talk about, yeah, being creative, being in recovery, and like we're all real people, right? And this struggle, Sandra and I have talked about this this summer. It's just summer is a challenging time. And we've been doing a pod every week since April or whenever we started in April. And that's been tricky this summer to schedule, to record, to make time for, to have the learning curve. So what you're doing, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about. How do we juggle all that um, Mm -hmm. as parents? Because... I mean, if I'm, you know, going to be honest that summers were, and I think Tammy and I are going to talk about this on a future podcast, but Mm -hmm. summers were times that I really, my, you know, my drinking would crank up 500 notches because, um, you know, I was the one that had all of those responsibilities, Mm -hmm. um, the domestic responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I was responsible for making sure my kids had fun Mm -hmm. and I also had work to do, you know, work that I got paid for Mm -hmm. plus work that I just wanted to do creative work Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do. So I would, you know, I felt entitled that that was my only reward was to drink and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really, you know, throw myself the biggest pity parties and it was just, you know, disaster. Yeah. I mean, yeah, summer absolutely was, well, I was, I was in Seattle and I was, I would say could have been construed as a typical sort of slacker working slacker jobs you know i worked in the neptune theater in seattle which is like was the landmark indie theater and i worked at a precursor to chipotle way back then which was called machismo mouse which was supposed to be um, that's hilarious it was supposed to be the it was supposed to be what chipotle is now but like the owner was some crazy anyway hold up whatever he died in a freak accident but you know, so those are the kind of jobs I had, and I was just that's what I did. And then I would drink a shitload with my friends on the Ave, and you know, walking around with dreadlocks and all black, and um, sort of this goth punk, you know, alcoholic that was okay with it then because it, it seemed okay. And then I, I was I was realized I was I was getting a little out of control with the drinking. I thought at that point my dad was had really started to do reasonably well here in St. Louis. I thought I'll go to St. Louis to dry out a little bit because there's nothing to do in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, just hang out at my dad's new house and, uh, and, you know, hang out by the pool and, and dry out, which the exact opposite happened, you know, within like a week of getting here, I, uh, I'm like, I was going stir crazy and I went out by myself and literally like a week after I got here, that going out by myself to a club it took off. I, you know, somehow immediately acquired tons of friends and, uh, which just is, is unfathomable to me now, you know, now I have two friends and I see them once a week. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, and it just, uh, it really took off and that was, that was summer. And when I, and when I think of drinking and when I think of summer, I do think of that a lot. I think of, I used to love just like hanging out outside and getting and partying basically right you know whatever it was at that point i remember somehow i'm still alive after doing acid in a swimming pool and i remember being underwater while i was doing acid and i'm like how does that work how am i alive (laughs) yeah you you yeah you've uh, sprouted um hallucinatory gills (laughs) yeah anyway yeah but anyway yeah summer was summer was party time and uh yeah i think about that a lot during the summer um yeah, but 
We're counting down till school starts. Or at least I'm counting down till school starts. So that's soon. Kind of a week or so. Yeah. I think, you know, in some, in, 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 do we all feel some, somewhat guilty when that, but that's a thing. It's almost like a cliche, right? It's like, oh, I'm so ready for school to start. I've never right. really felt it until this right now, teenagerdom. I usually love, I mean, even though I drank a ton in summer and like all the things you guys are saying, I re- it resonates with me, but I loved it because I, I liked sleeping in because I always had a hangover and I liked, I've always counted down till school started and uh, then felt guilty about it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't feel so guilty right this second. Cause, um, cause it gave me a whole attitude last night, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like ebb and flow. There's all kinds of waves going on, but I'm just ready. I think to get back to, like you said, like the creative things that we're doing, the projects yeah. time. I did go back to college, um, after I stopped drinking, cause I had only finished a year or two, Chris. So I'm mm. doing that. So I I'm looking forward to the fall of just kind of getting back on a routine because for mm. me in recovery routine is really important to me. And so mm. I feel a little bit, um, not spun out, but I feel a little bit off kilter this summer from just right. not having a regular routine. Yeah. I do much better with routine. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, I do better with guardrails. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or bumpers, I guess, you know, it's like when I'm, when, when anything, even like just a task, a specific task, when I know what I'm doing, um, you know, when I cook, I love to follow a recipe. It's mm-hmm. like, and it's it's therapeutic. So, um, yeah. So I mean, in creativity, in that way, it can be therapeutic. You know, like cooking's creative to me. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. We were we were, Sandra and I are talking about that. Just that sometimes people think being creative is just visual arts, or that's the that's the only way, but there's all these other ways, you know, style, fashion, home, your home, your cooking. Yeah. All of that is, a, is an art yeah, form. Yeah. We're always having to define that for, um, you know, people in our, that we're adding to our community. It's like, no, you are, you, you are, I bet you are creative. We could just take a look at your day. There's something there. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, I can find like going out and like deadheading a plant to me is creative because there's you're sort of eyeballing it and you're deadheading it and maybe you're trimming some, you know, a branch here or there. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that, that counts, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it, that, that's therapeutic for me too. So mm-hmm. uh, when I, I used to mow our lawn, I don't anymore, but, um, you know, even mowing could be therapeutic because I think about the, the lines I'm mowing, quite frankly. You know, mm-hmm. Like I, meditation. You know, I, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, well, we are coming up on an hour here, Chris. Yeah. I know we got to let you go. Um, sure. Do you want to share th- um, some items from your unruffled toolbox with our listeners? Uh, you we know, usually I share do. about three. So I whatever you got. Three. And you know, I think um, from a recovery standpoint, I don't. I don't know that I have a creative toolbox. Um, although if 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 it is, it's that you can find it in a variety of ways. And I don't know that I have three things, but you know, from a creative standpoint, yes, to me, cooking is therapeutic and it's creative. And, you know, as I said, you know, doing yard work can be creative and therapeutic. But, um, you know, from a pure recovery standpoint, it's only been recently that I've I've found it and applied it with any regularity. And, um, and then, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute after I tell you what they are. One is just, it, it sounds obvious and it sounds simple but um you know exercise quite frankly you know whether it's for me it's been running and then i have an indoor cycle um and it's been that and uh 
you know, I, I, I love it when I'm doing it. You know, I was for months, um, you know, almost a year, I think I was waking up at, uh, you know, five, four thirty or five and I would go and I'd ride for like 45 minutes or an hour. And, um, and then I, uh, meditate just for like you know ten minutes, like a, a phone off of a phone app, not Headspace. I tried that for a while, but then I forget what it's called now. The one I, I was using, but uh, it's like meditation. I feel like I, people deserve to know what it is. But I can't think of the name. <laughs> um, it's called. Uh, I don't want to tell them because it's a good app. Yeah, I mean, okay. we'll link. We'll link it if you. Think it's called of Meditation it. Studio. Okay. Um, is what I switched to. Cause, anyway. And so those are the two things. Um, and the, the third, I suppose, is that that is doing something creatively fulfilling. Um, and here's here's the kicker, though. For the past, like, five months, I feel like I've had none of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason, uh, I don't know if we have time. I'll, I'll give you a quick background. Yeah, we got all the time you I want. A, I, have a very benign, I have a very benign case of MS. Uh, multiple sclerosis hmm. and um, I've been very fortunate in that um, it presented with one symptom that has since cleared up but um, I, I do take medication for it and um, I, I switched medications at the recommendation of my doctor just from a, a shot to a pill but the side effects of the pill that I was taking were, was that it made me basically I was waking up fatigued and I would spend just all day with no energy yeah. And uh, so I, I just none. And I basically, and when I figured out what I couldn't figure out what it was, but basically I knew something was wrong when shortly after I started taking it, I got up and I'm like, I, I can't get on that bike. I've been doing this mm. for months. I'm like, I can't do it. I don't have the energy. I, I barely could wake up. Um, I could barely, barely get out of bed. And it was just fatigue. Um, and so we switched to a, a different shot of the same medication, but I do it far less, maybe TMI, um, instead of once every week, it's once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. But the, the challenge with this um, medication is it, 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 uh, it, it depression <laughs> is a side yeah, effect. Yeah, I was going to say, it, well, just, is a just side being uh, fatigued and not being yeah. able to do what you normally do, I think would affect your, your emotional state. Well, well that started to, but then this, this one I've switched back to this shot. So now I do do a different shot, but this medication, depression is a side effect and I'm already prone to depression. And, um, and I'm going to apologize, um, to both of you, I think hmm. to Tammy specifically, because she's had some, some, she's been doing you you've been doing this very graciously this uh this 12-step series i have almost checked out of doing everything because i've been so depressed not to really end on a bummer note um but i could barely respond to email so um well you don't need to apologize to me well i'm 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 working on that but so basically because i I couldn't do this the, the bike and so then the meditation was coming right after that i wasn't doing that and then just my work, I've like I've locked up in terms of doing anything creatively rewarding, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so that's been a real challenge. And I'm just now digging out of this hole, quite frankly, um, of depression. And you know, it's it's you know I've described my depression before as you're, you're going along, and then sometimes there's a pothole, and you can just go boom boom, and you roll over it. But you know it was there, um, 
And other times, you know, the worst one I ever had was like falling into a, a sinkhole and right. you know, could barely see the top. Um, you know, this has been more like sort of I, I fell in a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 a dip, a pit, you know, and I'm sort of scrabbling mm -hmm. up, the, I'm scrabbling up the sides and, you know, maybe slip in a little bit. But, you know, I can I'm, I think I've reached the top and I'm, I'm climbing out. Um, so anyway, my point is, those are my things. Um, the, the, the exercise, which I love, I love um, the, the, and it helps immensely with depression. Right. Um, Cause it really, it, it, yeah, it affects yeah. your serotonin and your yeah. dopamine and all it hit endorphins. It hits all yeah. of, all of those yeah. good chemicals. Yeah. And, and I, I feel it and I know it and I love it. Um, but like I said, this previous medication kept me from doing it and now I'm, I just haven't gotten back on the bike and I, every morning I wake up, I say, today's going to be the day. Um, and some of it's just getting out of this depressive funk, um, to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm there. Um, like mm -hmm. literally like every day I'm getting closer. <laughs> like today I thought, can I wake up in the morning? I'm like, no, maybe I'll do it after I get off this call. Mm -hmm. um, quite frankly and I, that's that's my plan as i'm going to go get on the bike uh -huh. and then i'm going to do the meditation which is the second part of of my recovery toolbox and the third is just is that creative outlet and um you know i, I i'm not sure how that's going to come into play but i think once i get the other two things rocking i think it'll all start falling into place so uh -huh. basically i'm saying do those things and do them as soon as you can if you fall off um just keep you know working to get back on um for me, that that's what it's that's what it is. I'm I'm sort of like I said, I'm I'm, I'm at the lip of this little pit, or kind of biggish pit, but um, I'm climbing out. So, hmm. well, thanks for sharing that with us, Chris. I mean, that's yeah, that's real life. That well, is. It, it has been, you know. There's a tremendous amount of guilt that sort of help compounds. You know, it's it's sort of a, a vicious cycle. Um, but you know, I look at my my since right now mailbox and i'm just like god i have all these people things and then it just sort of compounds when you, mm -hmm. the more you don't do it and oh the ones yeah I, the ones i do try to respond to first are the ones that say the ones we get that that are like you know thank you for what you do or you've helped me tremendously or you know i'm you know somebody wrote me the other day it's like it's my third try and i've got two months on august 5th and you know i i try to yeah. immediately you know get back to those but um right you know yeah. when it's like something i Anyway, so I'm, I'm working on it, and, and I do apologize, um, but, you know, it's... You don't need to. It's, I appreciate I you for understanding. So, yeah, of uh, course. No, I knew that you'd gone a little quiet this year. I felt like um, that you'd gone quiet this year a little bit, and, and, and I, I um, wondered, because I'd heard you share about your story before. I went, I was, you know, I think I checked in with you just a few times, just, you know, basically yeah. that was it, just to say, I wonder if Chris is doing all right. But it, thank it's you. Depression, but I'm, I'm like, uh, and I, I have so much trouble. I don't begrudge anybody else doing it. Um, but I, I have so much trouble, like, having that be something I communicate on social media. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give somebody else, when I'm feeling good, I'll give somebody else, you know, it's okay, you know, share and it, it gets better and all that. But it's not, uh, it's not where I go. Um, I, I definitely go in yeah. and... You know, reading something about like uh, Instagram is the the social media site that increases I, I don't know whatever fuels uh, you know depression and anxiety the most. I'm like, okay, oh. 
I'm, Why? Because of the compare and despair thing? The compare and despair. And uh, I, I think there's so much, um, there's so much, um, I don't know. You know, I used to very, be very disparaging of the um, feel good stuff on a square, you know, I'd, uh-huh. I'd, an yeah, aphorism the, on a square that I'd call meme. it. That mm-hmm. to me, that stuff, that fuels it for me. That makes me so like, well, it feels like it makes me angry when I'm, I'm depressed because I'm like, you know, easy for you to say kind of attitude uh-huh. and, uh, that I have to check out. I can't read it. Yeah. Um, so I just have to unfollow it. I've I don't, checked I don't out Vince. engage with a yeah. lot of that anymore. I do like nice images, though. No, I'm I an image too, person. But, yeah. But, uh, man, I've just had to check out of Instagram when I read that. And then Twitter and Facebook, I you know, so much of that. Facebook, so much of that comes from this site um, is how I've, how I've been using it. But since I've done so little with the site, I've checked out of Facebook for the for the for for my you know endeavors, and then Twitter, um, you know, when I'm depressed, I just I don't know how to interact on Twitter. Well, so. yeah, and when you have limited bandwidth anyway, you know, yeah. you may as well. Those are those are should be givens to be the first ones to go, but sometimes they're not for everybody. Yeah. But. So, well, Chris, um, my I was just gonna say my my sister was diagnosed with MS a few years ago, and and um. I just want to say that it's something that helps her. I know that she's kind of locked onto this year, um, has just been yoga and mm. meditation. So, I mean, I know you probably already know that, but just, she was having a hard time in the morning and just that, that, um, being so lethargic and mm-hmm. having a lot of numbness in her feet. Um, she works in retail, so she's on her feet all day long and she has three Ooh, kids and works two jobs and she's just a hardworking lady oh, and power to her. yeah. And she, um, these injections is, uh, that's what she gets every couple of weeks. They really help. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was for her. She was like, I realized, um, through, through talking with me on the phone, she's like, you know, my, with my recovery from alcohol has been mm-hmm. nice to talk with her and her recovery, um, mm-hmm with MS and her communities that she's found on social media. Cause she felt really alone with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the flip side of social media and you know, finding your tribe, um, can be really helpful too. Mm-hmm. And she's connected with a bunch of people there and have found some kind of, um, yeah, community, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting with MS. I think part of me, maybe it's, it's, I guess it could be very similar to my, my, my path with, um, you know, addiction recovery. There's a sense of guilt, one, because it's it's very easy for me, quite frankly, because I had the one symptom and I have minor other minor symptoms like, you know, I'm, I'm more um, uh, more um, susceptible to like heat, I guess, you know, like summer in that way can be kind of hard because it, it, it makes me a little more tired when I'm outside in the heat. But, uh, you know, that's totally manageable. And then I don't really have any other symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so like I feel like I don't know I don't, I feel like in, a, in an MS community I don't want to go like hey I'm you know look at me <laughs> you know? yeah oh uh, right because you feel yeah. like you're because MS there light there are people with some very um you know it, it can be very severe yeah um, for people and uh, well probably like people in the rooms that say hey I only have two glasses of wine a night I probably don't belong in the rooms because I'm yeah. not like you I mean right. that is kind of a very similar my sister of course she didn't want to address or talk about it much for, I don't know, like three years until finally she 
could not talk about it, you know, and couldn't, mm. you know, she felt really alone, but yeah. I just want to say like I, what you're saying, the exercise, the meditation, right. like we, sometimes we know what's in our toolbox and we just, when we're in a depressed state or having, yeah. you know, anxiety about things, we don't, we don't pick them up. And that's like, what's good to remind. That's kind of why we do this at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's so many things. Um, but sometimes when you're in it, when you're having a mm -hmm. hard time, you forget what to use. Mm -hmm. You forget, forget what, what to use. And what, what I find that helps me too, when I'm in a, I mean, I, I don't, I, I definitely have periods where, uh, I feel lower than normal. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's depression really, but you know, I definitely feel different. Mm -hmm. Um, is I just have to remember to lower my expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, when I feel good, I can run five miles mm -hmm. and, you know, but maybe when I'm, you know, maybe when I'm not feeling so great, I just need to lower my expectations and mm -hmm. 15 minutes maybe is all I have. But mm -hmm in me but if i you know move my body for 15 minutes i, I know i'll feel better and that's something mm -hmm. and so anyway i i talk you know i don't have severe depression and i you know don't have ms but i i definitely relate to what you're saying sure yeah no i mean it doesn't doesn't take uh, either of those things to to be able to to feel it um yeah. Well, I think um, I wanted to say that I just appreciate you coming on. And I, yeah. you know, this is like, a, and sharing so much with us. I, I've learned so much more about you, Chris. I was really looking forward to the conversation today. Well, thanks. I mean, I, I appreciate it. I'm sure at least as much being asked. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope I uh, didn't ramble or babble too much. But, um, <laughs> it's allowed here, right, Sandra? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Deep, deep. <laughs> Babble. Well, quite frankly, I enjoy it. We had a good time, right? As long as it was good for us. Well, you you have just helped create a really beautiful platform for other sober creatives and people in recovery to shine. And I just think that you've really fostered um, community with the work that you've done. And you brought us together, me and Sandra together, and I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really you know, without even probably intending to, you have brought together a lot of people. So you should definitely be proud of your work. Well, I love that. And I appreciate it. And I, and I do, I want to do more to help support the, the network and, you know, make it mean a little bit more, but you know, that's one of those things I'll, um, I, it's, it's moving. It's incrementally inches forward. What I, what I try to do, I try to mention the shows on our podcast. Um, but man, I mean, you guys, part of it is just having that bumper is all I wanted it to do was expose people to the other things that might be on there. Sure, right. Them, all they they, all I wanted was for them yeah. to go look at the rest. Our, um, our British yeah. lady, our British lady at the beginning that everybody will hear at the top right. of the show is is um, is your creation. Right. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you know, quite frankly, I mean, you guys have come out and just like I said, you're crushing it um, right out of the gate. I mean, people love you, and uh, that's that's awesome. And you know, hopefully. By hearing that at the beginning of your show, other people will check out, you know, other shows on the network. And um, and, and can you, know, you give your website things. and tell people how to do that, Chris, so they know? Uh, well, uh, the, the, the way that what I want to promote is the since right now dot network, which is where all these shows. And um, last night on our show, I mentioned that some have had basically season finale or series finales. They're over. They're done. Um, there won't be more made. But that doesn't mean that the shows that were produced um or any less great and, and have value. So um, you can go listen to a whole 
series of something that that ran its course um, for whatever reason. But um, you know, there are others that are on indefinite hiatus. There are others that are on um, you know maybe long term hiatus. Hiatus. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, and you know there are at least uh, three that are still producing regular shows. Yours being one of them. Uh, Drop the needle um, with Paul Fur, and that's he and a couple of buddies. Sorry, I'm doing plugging the shows. No, on, please on your do. Show. No, go he, ahead. He and a couple of buddies do what they what has been described as all songs considered for recovery, and they basically listen to a, a number of songs themed around some aspect of recovery. And it might be loosely related, and it might be very tight in. Um, and it's just it's just a cool concept and a cool show, and and you should go listen to it. And um, when you get a chance, um, just one, you know, check it out and see if it's for you. Um, but, you know, every, every one of theirs is very different, as I guess are all podcasts. But um, and then the other one that's still doing regular podcasts is Robert McClellan's um, Real Sobriety. And basically his you have no excuse not to listen to his because they're five minutes or less. <laughs> and so you can binge. Um, what is that, uh, you know, 12 in the time it takes to listen to one of the rest of our shows. So um, it's just little insights and, and, and tidbits. And, you know, it's it's the it's the, the, the pick me up. It's the quick hit. And, and yeah, no excuse not to try a handful of those. Um, so and then ours since right now um, uh, is at, uh, you know, since right now dot com. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You're in your fourth season. In our awesome. fourth season now, we just did our sixth episode of our fourth season. Um, you know, they vary in length, but pretty much they're you know every week for a year, for the most part. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, so well, they're are, great. They make got a lot out. Well, we hope we're making you proud, Chris. Oh my God, you are! I'm so happy <laughs> how well you're doing. And, and thank uh, you for our beautiful design, our unruffled know, I'm sorry. logo. That, thank that was, you. Our logo, yeah. Because I couldn't have figured that out, and I Love think it. you know that, Chris. So thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, that's your, your work in there. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, another apologies with regard to that, that artwork, but that, that fell smack in the middle of maybe the depths of Aww. this little period. So Aww. I apologize for that. You got it. You did it. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. It's great. Right. It's beautiful. So, anyway, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, thanks, I Chris. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. Have a good day. All right. Have a good day. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.